0: Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Amen. Well, I'm excited. Um, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of Luke. Um, I'm at a, uh, I have a son. He's like 11 years old. And I enjoy having a son. Because I get to relive all the things of my childhood. So like the cartoons that I liked, the toys that I liked, I kind of get to force him to like them as well. And it's exciting. And I was um, uh, on, online just kind of studying for my service. And I go through random things. I do, I, I tell you guys, I go through like so, so much stuff. But I came across these pictures of my childhood these, uh, these things that I remember going to uh, Orange County Swap Me, and they had this whole booth of just these things. And some of you uh, you boomers will probably understand it. And you, uh, you guys will understand these pictures when you see them. But these are called stereograms. I don't know if you guys remember them. Go ahead and put a picture up. It's these pictures that you would look at, and you would have to... Folk. Do you guys remember these? Yeah, so you would stare into the image and make it kind of blurry, and then you could see there's something inside the picture that you can't normally see. Do you guys understand? Do you guys remember these? Yeah. How many of you were able to actually do it? All right, look at you. Go ahead. Your 2020 vision. That's good. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if you could see that now because of the glare on the TV. It's a little hard. I can. I know what it is, but um, these were just... So I had Taj. I showed Taj, and he was like, what the heck is this? And And so I was trying to explain it to him. I'm like, no, you get really close to the screen and then you slowly back away. He thought I was going to like smash his face into the screen because that's what they do on TikTok nowadays. And um, so he was like super apprehensive about it. And I was trying to explain to him, like, no, this was so cool as a kid. Like, I could see them all and I felt so cool because nobody else could. And I was super fast with it. And he was just like not feeling it. Um, But yeah, I was trying to get him to understand. I just, I really liked these pictures. I thought, oh, this is so cool. I remember these images as a child. And and this one is actually some elephants in it. Uh, Later on, you want to try to come up to the screen, you can try to do it yourself. And you can have somebody lift you up and you can put your face against it. How that would work. (laughs) But go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 8. I'm going to start reading at 9 and 10. And he said, But it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it has been given in parables. I'm reading out of Luke Chapter 8, verse 9. i I'm our verse 10. But to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But, but to the rest it has been given in parables. Seeing that they may not see. And hearing they may not understand. So this is interesting. A parable is a story with a moral or spiritual aspect to the story. And so why was Jesus speaking in parables? Because the people at that time didn't want to hear truth at the time. They, they were too busy living out their truths and didn't want to pay attention to the truth, which was Jesus Christ. The scripture says that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so at that time, he had to speak in a way that they could hear some of the story, but it was only for a select few that would dive in a little deeper. So a parable was an image, a picture, with a real picture inside the story. Kind of like a stereogram. You saw a a blurred image, but if you were able to focus for a select few, you could see something popping out of it. And I began to think about, wow, this is a great example of of what Jesus was doing. The parables that he taught. This was a story, uh, we're going to read about it, of a sower who went out to sow. And, and so why did he take, ta- uh, speak in these parables? Because not everybody had ears to really hear. They were more captivated by the, the crowds that came, the miracles that happened, that they just wanted to be about the show, but not about the spirit of what Jesus was talking about. So I want to keep going. We're going to read. I want to take a couple of moments and read here and jump back to verse 4. Verse 4 says this. Luke chapter 8 verse 4. And when a great multitude gathered, they had come to him from every city. And he spoke to them in parables. He said, a sower went out to sow his seed. And he sowed and some fell on the wayside. And they were trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rocks. And soon as they sprung up, it withered away because it lacked nutrients. And some fell among thorns. And, when, and the thorns sprung up with it and they choked it. Uh, but others fell on good ground. It sprang up and yielded crops of a hundredfold. And he said these things the, as he cried. And the, he, oh, sorry, <laughs> apologize. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 9. Then the disciples asked him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? What does this mean? He says to them, verse 10, we already read, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables. And he goes on to explain them. Now, I want you to pay attention that there is four different types of soil that we're talking about here. And I kind of want to explain each soil to you. So the first one we get to is the wayside. It's this, this soil of the wayside. It says that the sower went out to sow. And as he was sowing, some of the seed fell onto the wayside. And he said it didn't get even get to grow because it got trampled under feet and the birds of the air came and destroyed it. So, what kind of soil is that? This is the soil that you, you speak the word to somebody and they have no understanding or they desire no understanding of what you're saying. They think, you know what? I've got it all in control, I'm good. And for some people, they are. They're prosperous. They have a great job. They have a nice life. See, I have no need of Jesus Christ or that message because my life is fine. I'm okay. I can do it. On, I've been doing it on my own. I'm okay. I don't need the gospel. So you, you, you share the gospel with them, and they have, it takes no place in their heart because they feel they're okay. Everything's going fine. For the majority of people, they only turn to Christ When they're having a hard time. When everything is in shambles, they'll run to God. God, I need your help with this. I need this. But when things are easy and great, uh, their membership is fickle. They come late. They leave early. They're not as intentive. They read just a little bit here and there. They feel that they have no need for it. So why? So that, that seed, it never gets to really develop because it's never taken root in their heart. The second one is this, the rocky ground. This is uh, the soil. I brought some, some elements here. You know how I like to do um, illustrations. So I brought this rock that I found in my backyard. It's a big rock. And it says, the scripture says that some fell on the rocky ground. And as it fell on the rocky ground, it says that it, it it sprung up a little bit, but it couldn't uh, uh, captivate, it couldn't really take root. And when the winds and the storms of adversity came, it it just blew off. It was kind of like this. So we have this this rock here, and maybe some soil, some topsoil gets blown onto it, okay? We've got some topsoil, and then we've got over here, we've got some plants. And as this plant... It kind of just sits there. and It doesn't really get grounded or anything in there. And as it, storms come, it just blows it away. Why? Because, yes, there was soil there. It sprung up a little bit. But they couldn't get through the rock. So it had nothing to grab onto. So it, as the winds or as adversities come, it just blows it away. So what are the adversities? The loss of a job. So the loss of a loved one. You say, God, you, you told me that I was going to be prosperous. You told me that you were going to bless me. But it doesn't look like it around me. So, so, is it really true that were you really there? Did you really love me? The same God that was in the Old Testament, the same God is in the New Testament. The same God that was with you when you were blessed and, and healthy and whole is the same God that's with you when you're down and you're hurting. The God hasn't changed. His promises haven't changed. You just didn't allow the rock to be broken up in your life and you're still holding on to doubts. Like, pastor preaches Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and he's preaching you faith and understanding, but you're saying, you know what, yeah, but he's not with me every week and he doesn't understand the the troubles and, and the hardships that I really go through, so it works for him. But... I'm not sure if I'm that I'm, I'm spiritual enough. If, if I have that much understanding that I can do what he's doing. So, so the winds of adversity come and it blows my, my, my plant away because I haven't allowed the doubt to get broken up in my life. It's, it's still there. And it's okay, I get it. I'm not faulting you, or, or me, or anybody, but there comes a time where you have to break that, that doubt in your heart. And maybe it comes through how you were raised, or someone hurt you as a child, or, or you got stabbed in the back by a loved one that you thought had your back, and, and you're no longer there, they're no longer there, and, and you have this, this wall up now, or you've put that rock there to protect you, because you felt that nobody else was looking out for you. That I can only go so far because I don't want to feel that pain again. I felt that pain. I don't want that, that, that pain anymore. I, I can't... I, yes, I trust God, but... What if it doesn't really happen? What, what if I fail again? What if this person leaves me like the last one? What if I lose this job? Or What if the cancer comes back? These are real fears. And as a church, we need to understand that. I'm tired of seeing churches just wear masks and not and pretend like the hardships aren't there. Can we be real and truthful in church? That, that we all go through hard times, that, that, that the hardships come and it's okay, it's OK. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but the hardships are there. And the rock's not going to leave just because you want it to. You have to work at it. You have to want it to leave. You have to work at it to leave. To, to break up this rock that's been there for so long. The other soil is this. It's the thorny ground, it says. It says there was a thorny ground. And as it, the the, the seed fell on the thorny ground. You can say, this is all my planting. It's fallen at the thorny ground. So what is the thorny ground? It says that the thorny ground, as the, the, the plant grew, the thorns around it choked the life out of it. Yeah. That, that there was some ground there, so it did take, it began to, to, to spring up. But it said that the thorns were in it, so it began to choke the very life of the plant that was growing. Meaning that you heard the word and you accepted the word, and it began to cultivate and grow. But what are the thorns? The thorns are the worries of this world. What are the worries of this world? I got to get a car. I I I need I need clothes. I got to see what I'm gonna wear. Family can be a worry. Your your job. Entertainment. I want to have fun. And we wonder why things aren't happening. We we wonder why. Because the cares of the world have begun to choke the very life out of the seed that was planted in my heart. That yes, I'm looking, I see this growth happen in my life. But in the back of my mind, I'm saying, but I still got to take care of all this. Because in my own power, I don't believe that God's going to do it. So I got to do it. I got to do it in my power. Because yes, God is omnipotent, and he's omnipresent, and he's omniscient and all this great stuff. But I got a nine to five. And I got three, three and a half kids. Got a baby one. <laughs> and I got a mortgage. And I got to make sure that I keep this job because I need the benefits. And it begins to choke the life and you wonder why nothing begins to grow. How can it when you piled everything on top of it? When God says to cast your cares on Him, we've casted the cares on, we've kept them on ourselves. And we wonder why the hardships have come, and we just can't get past them. We wonder why, because we've crowded, we've, we've piled things on our lives that are never supposed to be in our lives. We're not rated to carry these things. These aren't things we were ever supposed to carry. But we have. We've taken these things on our lives and we say, God, why isn't it happening? It's happening for this person over here. I see them blessed. And he's saying, you've got to learn to let go. You've got to learn to let go of things. You're you're caring too much about the things of this world when I've called you to greater things. But, But God... I, I saw the growth. I felt the growth. He said, yeah, but take some of that stuff off. Okay, you, you got a job, but I, I'm your supply. I, I never set it up for, for a Pharaoh to, 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 live your, to rule your life. He said, I've called you to. I'm going to be your supply. I told you, yes, I'll, I'll open doors of opportunity. I'll, I'll give you inventions, witty ideas, how to prosper. Don't leave your, your, your faith and your desire all on your job. Let me be that. He said, you're worried too much about your family. Some of them don't even like you. <laughs> Family's just friends you can't pick. <laughs> you're so wrapped up in, in what your, 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 your brother or your sister's doing that you're not focused on what I'm, what I'm trying to do in you. You've allowed your family's issues to be your issues. You need to understand that the issues is, is your issue. It's you. It's not me. It's you. You're the issue. And let them be that. Like, what am I going to wear? I got to have right things. I, I got to have clothes, Lord. You can't, yeah, you got to have clothes. I want you walking around naked. But these cars, I'm trying to keep up. I got a little Jeep because I got this one for Tosh. I grabbed it. Um, But God's saying, this is is how it's supposed to be. Like, all these things are supposed to be over here. And you're supposed to allow me to grow and and, and develop you. You've put too many things over what I've called you to be. Let me be your supply. Let, Let me be your help. Let me be your refuge, not your, not your family members, not, not your friends, not your job. Let me be that. Uh, rely on me instead. God is calling you to rely on him, more reliance on him and less on the things of this world. Because they're the thorns. And that's not bad. Understand that all that stuff, a nice car, a good job, healthy family, all that is fine. And God wants you to have it, but he doesn't want them to have you. There's priorities to things. God's not against you having nice things. He's against them having you. I've given stories that there's been times God asked me to sew something. And it was something that I really liked, and I fought tooth and nail on it. Like, I didn't want to do it. God, anything else, I'll do it. Just don't ask me to give them some of my shoes. Because I like these shoes. I didn't want to. And it's just like God that he'll constantly put it in front of you and put it in front of you. And I was trying to hide from it, like <laughs> dodge it. I was like, no. <laughs> but I had to yield and say, you know what? The, 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 whatever's on the other side of obedience is better than this. That I don't want to lose whatever God has for me on the other side of my, my obedience so that I can have these shoes. So I have to let things go, and God's blessed me so much. He, he, you I never understand like what God has for you is so much better than what you're trying to hold on to. If we would just let that go, God can do so much more with us. So you have the thorny ground, then you have the good ground. It says the good ground. This is some soil that I I have in my house because I, I have plants and stuff. So this is good. It's super soft. It's, it's super moist. It's really good ground. But you know what? And Sometimes there's still rocks in your soil. But it's still good soil. But you know what happens is it takes time to get those rocks out. So you have to go in and begin to pull out all the rocks that would stop or hinder your growth. God's saying, I want you to grow, but there's some things that you've got to take, take a part of. There's some things that you've got to do to make it good soil so that it can grow. So, like, I have a part to play in the growth in my life. See, you think that just coming to church is going to do it. That ain't it. That ain't it, chief. You, you thought just having a Bible was going to make it grow. That ain't it. That ain't going to do it. And it's going to sustain you. So you can have a Bible at home all you want. You you can you can come to church all you want. It doesn't matter if you don't apply what is being spoke to you. What is being spoken over you? No change will ever happen. See, we all want to be the good soil. And we read this story and we understand that the soil is the the, the 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 soil of our heart is what he's talking about. And at any point in our lives we can be one of these soils. There's two perspectives of this story, and the first one is the soil. That any given time in your life, you are in one of these soils, whether you are the rock. Where you come to church and you hear the word and you begin to apply it for a life, but then it gets faded away because there's really no depth to the roots that, you're, that you have in your life. Or you're the, the thorny, thorny one where you, you grow a little bit, but then you, get, you begin to worry about the things of your life and it begins to get choked away. Or you're the wayside where you just think, you know what, I got it all. I'm okay. And then there's some of you who are taking it, you're applying the word and you're seeing growth, you're getting blessed. And you're the rock, and you're saying, man, but this guy's over here, and he's the good ground. Not understanding that he was the rock at one point. But there was a process that he was the rock, and then he broke that up, but then he was the, the, the thorny uh, uh, soil. And he began to grow, and things were getting choked out, so he removed those things from his life to get to the good soil. It doesn't just happen overnight. When you take inventory of your life, and you see that you're not good soil, it's Okay? Because I'm here to tell you that you can get to good soil. No one just starts out as good soil. It doesn't happen. And sometimes we beat ourselves up because I'm not as good as that person over there. Like I see all this growth happening over there. And you're looking at yourself yourself and you're covered in, in thorns and you're just like, it's not happening. I got too much that I'm thinking about that I'm caring about. And God's saying it's okay, at least you're on a process. And what's amazing is that God doesn't leave you within the process, but He's there with you. And He's brought you to a a church, a congregation that loves you despite what kind of ground you are. And no matter where you're at, if you're covered in thorns, we're going to be there with you and we're going to pull them off you. If your heart is hardened to the things of God, we're going to be there to break it up and say, No, God is good. He's faithful. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter the hurts that you have in your heart, that you can be healed, you can be mended through all of it. It doesn't matter. We serve a God that loves you despite your faults, despite your sin, despite all of that stuff. But He doesn't want to leave you where you're at. He wants to make you this good soil that He's called us to be so that we can produce a hundredfold. So don't get caught up where you are today. But understand that, hey, I'm going to be that good soil sometime. I'm working towards it. I'm making changes now in my life to be where I want to be. That I'm not going to live in this place any any longer. I um the message today if you if you're taking notes today my message today is called Cactus Jack. Um if you feel like you're too too spiritual for that title, uh, I have another one, you can call it uh cultivating the uh, the soil of your heart, okay? That's for You spiritual people, if you're cool with it, my message is called Cactus Jack. You can take that down in your notes. But I I called it Cactus Jack because I had this, um, I I, uh, found this cactus a a few years ago. It's getting sweating here. Um, I was dropping Taj off at his band practice. And as I was driving, I like cactus. I like succulents. I like plants. I don't like flowers. I like plants. And um, I was driving down the street. And out of the corner of my eye, I seen this huge cactus in the backyard of someone's house. That's how big it was. It was, like, his wall was at least six to seven feet. And the cactus was another six feet. It was just this huge cactus. I was like, man, I want that thing. So I dropped Taj off, and I found the house. So I got out, and I knocked on his door. And I said, hey, this is super weird, I know. I said I was driving and I saw your cactus in the back. Do you mind if I cut a piece off? And he was like, "Have you ever seen the movie uh, uh, Cheech and Chong?" <laughs> he looked, he looked like Chong. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, man, I don't mind. Yeah, come on back." <laughs> I was like, "Well, uh, no." <laughs> Nobody knows where I am, this can't go wrong. that <laughs> this bad can happen here. He looked like him, the long hair, stringy, lanky, just like, yeah, man, come on back. So he takes me out back and and he has this this huge cactus, but then he has cactuses all over in pots. And then he starts telling me, Oh, this was a cactus I brought back from Mexico and it's this special cactus and, and then he's like, I got so much stuff, man. And he takes he's got all these huge um uh, geodes and just these crystals, all huge ones. He said, like, yeah, I used to do stuff for museums. I got all this stuff. Now it just sits back here. And then he's got bones that he's collected and, and things. And he's like, come in the shed. Check this out. And so I'm like, yeah, let's go in the shed. <laughs> so dangerous. <laughs> I go in the shed and he has just all this stuff, these... these uh, um. He's like create this little village and, and all this stuff and and he's like yeah I'm sh-, he's showing me all this stuff and then I, I pull this thing back and there's a big thing of uh, marijuana and he's like I got I got a permit for that I got I got a prescription for that I'm, that's uh, that's okay bro I'm not here to I'm not here I'm not the police I'm like but really I just want a cactus and he's like all right which one do you want and so I pick this cactus and and I, I take it home. And it's a beautiful cactus. It was so nice. I have a picture I want to show you guys. You can see my cactus that I that I got. You see it? How nice that thing! It looks fake almost. It's so good that people would come into the house and they would think it was fake because it's so nice. And I remember when David, my friend, first came over to the house with some of Alina's friends. They all came over. And it was the first time, and he's like, oh, I like the house. He's like, but why does he have a fake cactus in there? And Alina's like, <laughs> Alina's like it's not fake. He's like, really? And so he went over and touched it, and it's a beautiful cactus. So nice. I love that cactus. And um, we've had it, I've had it for about two years or so. And I kept it inside, and I watered it, took care of it. And uh, one day I was walking by, and I saw a little browning at the top, a little browning. So I kept an eye on it. I, I watered it. I put it out towards the sun a little bit more. And the brownie began to spread. And I was like, no, not my cactus jack. <laughs> so what I did was I cut the, the top node. The, to, the node is the, the, the connector pieces, like the little uh, indent right there. It's called a node. So I cut it right there, thinking that I would stop whatever was the, the, the deadness of the, the, you know, the leaf part, the cactus part. So I cut it right there, and it was fine. And then it began to spread to the other two outside ones. I was like, no. So I cut them down. So I keep hacking down layers. And Alina's like, what is going on with your cactus? And I'm like, I don't know. It keeps dying. I'm, I'm trying to cultivate. I'm trying to, to bring it back to life. And I'm trying to work on this. And Alina, in her infinite wisdom, goes to Google <laughs> to figure out what is going on. And, and my loving wife looks at me and says, You idiot. It has nothing to do with the cactus. It's the soil. She's like, when's the last time you changed the soil? I never changed it. I just I got her from Chong and I just left it. So she says, You gotta change the soil. You mean so I didn't have to cut it all off? She said, No, you need to change the soil. See, sometimes in our lives, things don't look good or things are, that are hanging off of our tree aren't supposed to be like that. So we cut them off, thinking that that's going to fix the problem. But the problem isn't the fruit. It's the root. It's the soil that is around our roots. So what did I do? I was like, all right, I'll fix it. I'm going I'm to take it apart. I'm going to change the soil. I'll do it later. And like a good wife, she said, no, do it now. <laughs> so I said, all right. So I took it outside and I had to cut the, the I had to pull, pull it out of the base that I had for it. And the soil was so hard. And it felt almost like cement that I had to literally punch the, the, the gravel, the, the soil to get it out of the roots. It was so hard that it began to literally suffocate Cactus Jack. I was so like, oh my gosh, my my cactus. I was so sad. But I understood that the soil in one season that provided health and nourishment and growth in another season can be the very soil that is choking the life out of you. And why, why, why is that? Because soil is alive and it needs to be cultivated. It needs to be stirred up. What does the scripture say? Stir up the gift that was given to you. By the laying on of hands. Why? Because it can get hardened. And it can begin to choke the very life that God placed in your life a few months back. Just because you got a blessing this season doesn't mean you stop this season. You have to continue to cultivate your heart. Continue to stir your soil up. So I brought Cactus Jacks, so you can see how he looks today because this is what happened to him. He's not looking good at all. So look how he used to look. This is what he looks like now. Why? See, some of us are so stuck on how we used to be. Like, man, I used to look like that. I don't need to change anything. <laughs> I did some amazing things for God. I did some great things. And then you're saying, but why are things not happening now for my life? Why, why am I not seeing the same manifestations? Why am I not seeing the same blessings occur in my life? Could it be that you haven't stirred up your soil? That you haven't moved it around at all? That you haven't got in there and get those rocks out again and and, and get back in there and break up that stone again. We can't live in the past. We look to the past, but we move towards the future. Come on. We cannot live off of last year's blessings. I need a fresh anointing, God. I need something new in my life. When I started my sermon, I told you guys that there was two different perspectives on this parable. That we see that the perspective of the soil, that the soil is our hearts. We understand that. And as it was at this time, as I was preparing for my message, I was going to start to tell you that the other perspective is the sower. And how he sows. And it was going to be at this time that I was going to tell you, it was going to be like my T.D. Jakes moment, I was going to get all passionate about it and yell. And I was going to tell you guys, like, we're not going to be like that, that sower. We're going to sow with integrity. We're going to sow with, with passion and direction. We're not going to sow into the wayside. We're not going to sow, sow our, our seeds and all this stuff. We're going to look for that good ground. You know, we're going to get all hyped, and it was going to get lit in here, and it was going to be really good. And I was, like, thinking about my message, and then the Holy Spirit checked me. He's like, you got it all wrong. I was like, what do you mean? He said, I see the sower... And I think of a farmer, and he's just going out just aimlessly throwing seeds. Because it says that some fell on the wayside, some fell on the rocks, some fell on the thorns, some fell on good. he's just throwing it everywhere. Not understanding that the seed that he is sowing is so valuable. Why would he just aimlessly throw it everywhere? That's such a waste. And the Holy Spirit checked me. He said, "You got it all wrong. I said, what do you mean? I got it wrong. You got it wrong. (laughs) And he said, I'm the farmer. I'm I'm the farmer. You don't get it. I'm the farmer and I've called you to be a farmer. And I don't do things wrong. You got it wrong. I said, well, you got to explain it to me then because I see this farmer and he's not really caring about how precious this seed is. He said, Your value system is mistaken. I said, What do you mean? He said, You're putting the value in the seed, but not in the soil. I put value in the wayside. The the, the wayside is just as valuable to me as the good soil. So, why would I not want them to hear the gospel? You're picking and choosing who you think is worthy. So that's not how I function. That's not how I work. You're mistaken. Stay. We're too busy looking for that perfect person to sow our seeds and to, that this person's worthy of my time to share the gospel. But God's saying, that's not what I've called you to do. I called you to go into all the world and preach the gospel, whether they want to hear it or not, whether they're going to receive it or not, it doesn't matter, because it's valuable. I can't just walk past the wayside ones and be like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's not my job to determine who's worthy. It's my job to share the love of God and say, you know what? It doesn't matter where you're at in your life. But God's word is true. And hey, I'm not going to force you to do anything, but I'm going to love you anyway. God's called us to be farmers and we're not being negligent spreading it out to everybody. We need to understand today that The wayside is just as valuable as the good soil. And it's our job just to get out there and love them unconditionally. Amen? Go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today, and remember, Jesus is Lord.